Welcome to Northridge Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. For more information, visit us online at northridgethomaston.com. Now prepare your heart as we dive into God's Word. We are so grateful. We're so grateful that you do love us. We thank you that you loved us first. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. Thank you for making a way. Today, meet us here. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here today. How many of you can be honest with me? The first service would not be honest about this, but I raised my hand first, so I'll admit it. How many of you, when you hear service names like baby dedication, graduate service, sometimes you just think, eh, it doesn't really apply to me. Does anybody else can attest to that? A few of you. Okay, cool. Um, I want you to know, though, that that's not going to be the case today with this, because here's what I believe to be true. Whether we are uh, parents that are expecting, whether we're single, whether we are parents with kids like me that are grown and has grandkids, I have five grandkids, whether you're a situation where you're a great-grandparent pouring into, there is still a word for us today as we look back to pour into our kids. Even for those of you who do not have children of your own, the book of Titus says that the older men and the older women are to pour into uh, the younger men and women. So there's still a mandate on our heart to, uh, to be a part of these children's lives, all the way from youth ministry, school ministry, children nursery, up through young adults like Amy and Eric Peacock are doing so wonderfully, uh, and into any capacity uh, that you're in. Here, here's what I found to be interesting. Out of the big major three institutions that God created, of course, the church is the one that we talk about the most. Do you know the church was not instituted till many thousand years after the institution of the home? In fact, you even look at the institution of the legal system because there had to be a law. It's interesting that atheists and agnostics alike talk about how God is not real or there's no such thing as God, and yet they have to find, and they can't do this, a point of origin for, origin for what is good and what is bad. And they can't do that outside the auspices of, of a holy God, a creator. And, and then in likelihood of that, we look at what the world has developed and become over the last many years. And I'm going to tell you, it is fast paced right now, fast forwarding demonic and in a way that I have never seen in my lifetime. Anybody agree to that? You know, because here, here's what I said, and, and, and you just kind of go straight to it. You can't damp, tap dance around this. But when you look at what's going on, with transgenderism and homosexuality and, 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 and pedophilia because much of this is driven simply by pedophilia. You need to really look at that when you consider what's happening and uh, when, I'll just say it, when, when grown men can say, I identify as this so I can go in a bathroom little girls, boy, Lord God, I hope that is not my little girl going into a bathroom with y'all, all right? Yeah, I'll... Uh, I'll share Jesus with it. But anyway, I, uh, I'm just saying, I don't know. Maybe I'm saying what you're thinking, but, but here's the reality. It's not a political thing. It's not left or right. It's not Republican, Democrat. It's demonic. It's demonic at its core. We knew it was coming. It's now here. It's upon us. But never, ever, ever, if there's ever been a time, and you say, well, Mark, Jesus didn't say a whole lot about that. Actually, he did. In Mark's gospel, chapter 10, verses 6 and 7, he's speaking about in chapter 10, he's talking about the institution of marriage as a whole and how to deal with the propensity of divorce. 
all right? And so he gives us a narrative of what God created and how God instituted the home. And when he said, it's not good that man be alone, I'll make him a help me, a completer, and that they're to be together and they're to be joined as one flesh. And Jesus said this in chapter 10 of Mark, verses six and seven, I believe. We don't have the text, but you can go back and look at it. He said, from the beginning of creation, God created male and female, And then he goes on to say and said, for that reason, they shall become one flesh. And that's the only way that they can become one flesh under the banner of creation and under the banner of God's protection is under the banner of fruitfulness, creating uh, children and being fruitful. And we'll see this in a moment. And, um, and then he said, and the two shall become one, never to be separate. That's why when we marry a couple, we say, whatever God has joined together, let no man put asunder, let no man separate, because God's bringing us together. And you, let's just kind of be raw for a moment. Even anatomically, that is the only thing that can work and bring forth a fruit of the womb, a reward, as God says. So, uh, you know, it's just really interesting that we in the church have become the most silent of all people groups in the world, when in fact, we need to be the most vocal. Now I say that in love and we need to fight the good fight of faith. That's not, that's not fist of fury. That's on our faces before God. That's with our children. That's praying over them. And you'll, you'll see where I'm going with that uh, today. But look, look to your neighbors say, we're just going to be real today. Go ahead and tell your neighbor that. I'm glad you're here. I wrote this down. The family is a divine institution ordained of God from the beginning of time. Children are a heritage of the Lord committed to him, I'm sorry, by him to their parents for for care, provision, protection, and for spiritual training. And I love that word training because I believe this with all of my heart. We we have to become a training ground because we're in a battle. And the battle that's the greatest battle going on today, and and this is my opinion, but I, I believe it to be true and I have reason to back that up, is not for evil against good or, or that which is uh, satanic, which I don't know if you saw the uh, Satan Comic-Con type thing. I don't know what they call it, where they had the largest gathering of Satanists. And in that, they were burning uh, and tearing out Bible pages and burning them. They were undoing a baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were undoing them. By the way, you can't undo it. It's, it's, it's secure and settled forever. Um, And then they were also talking about pro-abortion and all these other things, uh, among other many other things that they were doing. But even that is not the greatest battle. The greatest battle that exists today in our culture is the battle for our children. Stephanie and I travel all over and speak on behalf of the 1.7 million children today between the ages of 18 months and 18 years that are sexually trafficked in our culture today. 1.7 million of them currently that we can count. And the monetary valuation that is placed upon our children's head comes to the magnitude of $99.5 billion a year in the sexual trafficking industry. Now the organization we work with, Destiny Rescue, we're rescuing an average of nine per day. Nine per day we're bringing home. But it should be a reminder of my, my daughter's 30 years old and she still sometimes, if her husband's at work, she still calls me and says, hey, hey, dad, talk to me. I'm going in Walmart. I want you to talk to me until I get in my car, right? right? And, uh, and make no mistake, I don't care if it's two in the morning. If my baby girl needs me, daddy's up, amen? amen. 
And same thing with my five, five grandchildren. So I, and I know you feel the same sentiment, but I only say that to say that there should be a grounds of spiritual training. And it is good when parents recognize that all of these obligations and responsibilities are simply God's handing over. We, we learned last week that everything you have in your hands, everything you have in your pocket, everything you have in your life to include your children and grandchildren are merely on loan. They, God owns them and you are to merely steward over them. And the word steward comes from an old English term that means to rule over, to, to use wisely. And uh, I just believe with all of my heart that there's, man, we could spend a whole week just talking about that alone. But we're going to jump right in. If you have your Bibles with me today, turn to Psalm chapter 127. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 to lay a framework today for everyone under the sound of my voice. This is one of my favorite passages, and God brought me here today to unpack a very, very short but very poignant, very important, very significant message for every person whether you're in this room or watching, Chris, I see you back there. We're praying for your precious bride. Continue to pray for Chris and Kathy Boyd as she fights uh, to win this battle with cancer. And we believe that in Jesus' name, brother. We believe that. Church, if you believe that, y'all give the Lord a big hand because I believe that. <laughs> Psalm chapter number 127, if you will stand with me as we read God's word together. I'm going to throw it on the screen, but I pray that you have a copy of God's word in your heart, in your hand, in your home that you get involved in. And we're going to see that here in a moment. It's his challenge. It says this. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is, a, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sheep. Behold, children, here it is, are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Last, last service, I had a little bit of a little speech turning. I said, the fruit of the room. They were wondering, what room is that, right? It's the fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Here it is, parents, listen to this. So are the children of one's youth. Let me read that again. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, help me to rightly divide this word today with truth, with passion, and with life-changing consequence. Bless us now as we dive in. Holy Spirit, change us. Start here with me. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen. What I can see from that, you can maybe see it. What I may see from that text today that I want to give you is that, that God has given us these mandates. Number one, if you're a note taker, you need to dedicate your home to the Lord. Again, this is not just for parents. This is anyone who has a home. I've said this before. I believe that you need to be praying over your home. You need to be reading God's scripture over your home. You need to be careful uh, at, at the movies you allow to come into your home. You need to be careful for what comes to by way of your computer. Uh, if you have to be like the movie Fireproof with Kirk Cameron, if pornography has infiltrated your home at any level, you need to get rid of it. You need to throw it out. You need to bust it. You need to do whatever you need to do. And, and I saw some people nodding in the first service, and here's what I'm believing. I believe that if someone, if I were to say, if I were to send in a criminal to your home, how many of you daddies, and I want you to raise your hand, how many of you daddies would stop them at the door, get the gun, get the fist out, tackle them? How many of you daddies would 
take a bullet for your family and not let the criminal come into your home. Daddies and mamas, if you're a single parent, whatever the case may be. The reality is, as any of us would, but, but the unfortunate reality is, is we allow him in by other means. In fact, if I could be bold and say this, if we're not careful, we invite him in by other means. If we're not being careful to dedicate our home to the Lord, what does that mean? That means allow him to build it. That means allow him to be the architect, allow him to be the framer. And can I say, allow him to be the cornerstone, allow him to be the foundation. The Bible says that a foolish man would build his house on the sand. And when the storm comes, it collapses the home, it washes it away. But a wise man built his house upon the firm rock. Jesus is called in scripture, the rock of our salvation. And I believe that the only hope we have in America today, listen, I said this, and, and, and Willie, you and I go back a long time, and you know this is true. You're my brother. And, and I do anything for you, and I know you do anything for me. Albert, you and I, I mean, we're brothers in Christ. But I'm going to tell you something. We saw this unpack, and the world was trying to convince us, trying to convince me that we're racist and that there's this and there's that. But what, what I did realize is the reason I'm not racist is because in my home we weren't racist. So racism doesn't start in the military. It doesn't start in the schoolhouse. It doesn't start in the gym. It starts around the dinner table. Right, So if, if you're not allowing God to frame your home, and, and I don't know that people even eat around the dinner table anymore. Maybe that's metaphoric now, right? But, but let me tell you something. It would do you well, it would do you well to try the best you can, parents, if you can do this, to have dinner around your dinner table and have conversation with your children. Let Jesus be the framer and the finisher uh, you say, well, well, well Mark, what if, my, what if my wife don't cook good? Then go out and sit around that dinner table. That's fine. I get it. I get it. I know I'm blessed. My wife can cook some food, Lord Jesus. But allow him to build it. I love what he says in Caesarea Philippi. He says, uh, if I build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hey, guys, that not only applies to the church, but it applies to your home. Not only in the context of dedicating your home to the Lord, you not only build it, but you need to allow him to guard it. One of the toughest things for any young parent is sleep deprivation. Somebody say amen. Because when that little baby moves, y'all move, right? Isn't that true? I mean, even if there's nothing wrong, and most of the time there is nothing wrong. But the greatest thing that you can have as a young parent is to have the trust in the Lord that when you go to bed, you go and both of y'all go and place your hands over that baby and say, God, tonight I'm giving this baby to you so that I may rest well in who you are. Because I'm gonna tell you something. He framed that child in your womb. He brought him forth in health and he can watch him at night while you get you some rest. The Bible says, calls it a peace that passes understanding. It's that which allows me to go to bed when I feel like all hell is breaking loose all the way around me. There's something about trusting the Lord to guard you while you sleep. He tells us this. He said, if you are labored and you're heavy laden, he said, come unto me and I will what? I will give you rest. When you yoke up with the Lord, and what that means is if you look at the old West, if you will, you can go Google it. And a, a yoke was, a in, in, in all cases, at least had two uh, yokes in it that would bind an oxen in as one, therefore giving them more power. 
Why would they do that? Because when they came together as one, if, if the pull was to go right, they both went right. If the pull was to go left, they went left. If the pull was to stop, they both stopped. When you yoke yourself up for the Lord, child of God, you yoke yourself up with the Holy Spirit. When he says go right, you'll go right. When he says left, you go left. And when he says stop, you'll stop. And when he says march on, you go forward in a confidence knowing he's gone before you. And listen, he's my guard. I love what Hosea prayed around his wife, Gomer, that you would put a hedge of thorns around her. Hey, I pray that around my kids since the first time I read that. God, put a hedge of thorns around them. Because how many of y'all know sometimes kids when they grow up, they're precious little babies. How many of y'all have kids that are five and under? They're so precious at that age. How many of y'all have kids that are 13 and over? They're crazy. <laughs> it just happens. But you were crazy at 13 too. How many of you know that? But you put a hedge of protection around them so that God will bless their coming in and their going out. And if they do decide to go down a road that's not healthy for them in Christ, that the Holy Spirit, not you, the Holy Spirit will prick them back into a right way of standing. Not only that, but he asked that he would... Dedicating your home means that he will shepherd over it. He will care for it. He will give you the sustenance. He will give you the guidance. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Do you know why? Because as a parent, you're going to be, you're going to be uncomfortable. Being a parent is one of the most selfless acts you can ever have as a human. It's not even really as prevalent in marriage. It should be. But intrinsically, intrinsically for, take a mother's intuition. There is, there is nothing in the world that has to mandate a mother to respond the way a mother responds. I've seen women that were absolute, uh, what do you call it when you're afraid of like dirty things? What's my mind? Like, um, germaphobe. Yeah, boy, that could have went a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> but when you think about a germaphobe and, and, and I, I can just say this, she's not in here right now. My daughter, uh, is probably a germaphobe to the second power. <laughs> but I've watched her with her babies and I'm gonna tell you something. That goes out the window when mama's intuition kicks in. Amen, women? Why? Because the Holy Spirit's comforting you and created you and manufactured your heart that you will love those kids when nobody else will. I share this and there's people in this room that know this very well. I watched a woman whose son was on death row go to see him every single Sunday, as long as it, she was physically capable. Do you know why? Because she still loved her little boy. Amen. And that can only come from the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But not only dedicate our home to the Lord, but secondly, we need to celebrate the life of our children. Listen to what he says in the Psalm. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Listen, to celebrate your child is to speak life into them. How, how many parents, maybe don't raise your hand because you know this to be true. To, to watch a parent in a store or in some other type of public venue where they're speaking down to them and saying, you're an idiot, you'll never amount to nothing. To see daddy's, Lord God, I hate to see this on a ball field. Come on, can you do anything right? Or that kind of thing. Or a mama in, in a beauty pageant and putting the little kid in, well, you just gotta work harder. You didn't do good enough. Or what? When you sow that into your child's life, know this, it is ingrained forever and they will carry that with them. The only way you can overshadow that is to turn around, realize the error of your way, and to speak life into them. Say, you're a child of the most high God. You're a princess. You deserve to be waited on. You're going to, I mean, in the context of purity, tell your sons that they're going to grow 
up to be warriors for Christ. You know, I, I get you, we tell them they can do anything, but, but offer a caveat to that because a kid cannot do anything they want to do and anything they put their mind to. Know that. That can be a detriment. If you say you can do anything you want to do and put your mind to, that's not necessarily true because God has a calling on them. Say this, you can do anything that God has created you to do to walk in your full purpose for him. You need to dedicate your life to the Lord. Why am I doing that? Because at some point, how many daddies in the house? How many daddies in the house? At some point, you're gonna, how many daddies with little girls? Woo, even, even, even better. At some point, having raised that girl, having tucked her in, having picked her up and put her on your shoulders, having stood for her, protected her, taking her hunting, fishing, or, or, or painting her toenails and curling her hair. At some point in time, you're gonna stand at the length of a church row and you're gonna give her over to someone else to take up his name. And do you know what? That's your biblical role as a father, to turn her over, Lord gosh, to some old boy, <laughs> to trust him with her, to do what you've done and to do it better, right? Same thing for mamas. I, you know what's the craziest thing I ever saw? I, I, I love sports. I, I don't watch it like I used to, but I love sports. And what I used to find interesting, my, my dad, I grew up with my dad teaching me how to play ball and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But isn't it interesting, the dads that have sons and, and, and they sports, 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 and then they grow up and they get a college scholarship and then they go off and play pro, pro football and then they, they come busting out of that gate and bust through that big piece of paper, get to the sidelines, jumping up and down and the camera gets on them and they go, hi, mom. That's just wrong. Just wrong in every kind of way. Just, just FYI, just kind of point of reference, why do we do dedication? It's not something we made. In, in, in the book of 1 Samuel, Hannah dedicated her son Samuel to the Lord. Listen to what she says. I love the language here. She says, I asked the Lord to give me this child and he has granted my request. Listen, now I'm giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. Parents, you have to give them over at a young age to the Lord. You gotta believe when they're born. I used to love that my wife prayed over my children in the, in the cradle before they ever made it to the crib. She prayed that God would even then begin to call out a godly spouse for them. I thought that was the craziest thing in the world when I was a young daddy at 20, 21 years old to see now that that's exactly what we should be doing is praying over them now. God has a plan, as he told Jeremiah, to not harm him, but to, but to prosper him, to bring him to an expected end. So, so I love what Hannah prayed. We also see Jesus in the New Testament in the Gospel of Luke 2 and 22 that she dedicated her son, Joseph and Mary, dedicated their son to the Lord. Listen, now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. If it was good enough for our Savior, it's good enough for our kids. Amen? Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, that's what it's all about. Go ahead and tell your neighbor that. Look at number three, and I'm almost done. This is the most important part of this text to me. It says, give them a good target to shoot for. Amen. Listen to what it says. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Are you giving them, parents? Single moms, single dads, whatever capacity in the hand that you have been dealt with life's choices and life's circumstances, are you giving them 
a good target and a good target to shoot for? The proper bullseye. Or is it in question for them? And maybe it's even something that grandparents are doing at this point too. How many of you had a, had a praying grandmama or, or, or a praying granddaddy? You still remember them, right? My mother's parents used to live in a little old house off Oak Street and uh, over near one of the mills. And it was a very simple home, like had little, two little bedrooms. You, you could see through the floor. And this has not been 50-something years ago, but I, I, you could see through the floor. When the wind would blow, I mean, the wind would come through the house. And there was a space heater in the main room and there was not a space heater in the bedrooms. Anybody remember stuff like that? And, and I would go over, my grandmother would stack blankets on top of me. This I couldn't have left the house if I wanted to, y'all. There were blankets that thick on top of me. All hand quilted stuff, right? And my grandmother was so cool. She, uh, how many of y'all know what Hungry Jack pancakes are? How many of y'all remember Hungry Jack? I, we didn't have that there. We had Hungry Mark. That's what she told me. They were Hungry Mark pancakes. They were amazing. Man, I grew up and saw Hungry Jack. I thought he stole Hungry Mark pancakes from my grandmother. <laughs> but I remember the most, though, about being in their house and spending the night with them and all those fun things that we could do. But I remember at night, my grandfather looked at me and he said, now we're gonna pray. And we'd get around the mantle of that little old space heater, whether it was on or not. He'd get on a knee and he'd put one hand on my back and one hand on the mantle. And he'd pray and he'd pray the house down. He's Pentecostal, y'all. And he'd pray the house down. My grandmother would sit over there and say, yes, Lord, let it be true, Lord. Let it be according to your will. She just affirmed everything he was saying and he would pray. And I never forget, because this is where I got this. He'd put his hand on my back. He'd say, let him grow up to be a mighty warrior for you. And I'm gonna tell you something. Those words resonate. Let your children hear you pray and call their name out to the Lord out loud. Husbands, the greatest thing, and I mean this with all of my heart, and even if the wives don't know it yet, the greatest thing you can give her is to love Jesus with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength first. Because only then can you love her as Christ loved the church. Cry out on her behalf. Speak out loud over, mark out loud to pray. I'm gonna tell you something. If you want your marriage to flourish and prosper, pray out loud over your spouse, both husband and wife. But you know what was even more interesting in the context of this? is my grandfather would quit praying. Then you know what he would do? He would excuse himself. My, my grandmother and I would get on the couch and turn on the TV and watch MASH or $60 million man or, or Andy Griffith or some of that. And then you know what he'd do? He'd go to the bathroom, shut the door, and then he'd really pray. And he'd be in there for a long time. He'd come out, he'd take his handkerchief, he'd wipe the sweat from his face, and he'd come in. And you knew that he had done business with the Lord. The greatest way you can put an arrow into the target for your children and give them a great one to shoot at is to let them see you do it. It's not enough for you to say, daddies, you go to church with your mama while you go to the golf course. You better be taking them to church. And if you're a single parent, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Yes, God has given you the ability for whatever circumstances that has brought you there to be both mother and father in this season of your life. And you can be both. You got to let him equip you to be all that you need to be for your children so they have no shortcomings when they grow up. So don't you let the enemy lie to you. You be all that you can be and give them a target. Here's what I wrote, and I want to speak this over you before I call you up. I wrote this down. We are in an epic battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. I pray today 
that God would grant you the grace to raise courageous gospel warriors for him. My prayer is that God will use them as swift, penetrative, and offensive weapons to advance the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and unleash the greatest impact this world has ever seen on the kingdom of darkness. That's my prayer over every, you, every one of you. And if you accept that today, say amen and amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today at Northridge Church. We hope today's message inspired you in your walk with God. We hope you take your next step by connecting with us online at northridgethomaston.com.